turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. And I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline. So glad to be with you on March 23rd, 2000. And 20, good to be with you today from almost sunny, but mostly overcast, really, really quiet Castro Valley, uh, Fremont Valley area, Fremont, California area. If anything, we kind of have moved into a kind of country type scenario, if you will. We are um, in a kind of quiet mode. Folks are out, but not really out. Folks are kind of tending to themselves kind of strange, wouldn't you say? Uh, And again, I want to welcome you to the Monday edition of Lifeline, your host, Jesse Gistan, just trying to continue to make sense of what's going on in terms of our present present dilemma, this present shutdown around the coronavirus. And I know, I know that you are wondering where are we going? What is this all about? How long this is going to last? And is our life going to Uh, change forever. I really don't know about that, but what we can do is we can talk about it. The number I want to give you is 1-888-367-5329-1-888-367-5329. We are all on lockdown. We are all under the uh, shelter of cover uh, one way or the other. I am, you are, we all are, and uh, it's important for us to... um, to to just kind of settle in. Uh, several months ago, I made the observation that um, one of the evidences by which you and I can determine whether or not we are emotionally and psychologically and certainly spiritually healthy is how well we adjust to change. How well we adjust to change. If change is so difficult for you, uh, as I'm finding out the case with a lot of Hollywood stars, a lot of singers, a lot of people who are used to uh, the limelight and being in the presence of other people and having the uh, the uh, the dynamic of a back and forth dialogue kind of con- a conversation occur, just the energy of the crowd. There are uh, stars, mega stars, people who in sports and other arenas where their skill sets and their art allows them to feed off of the crowd. Well, guess what? There's no crowd to feed off of right now. We all have to learn not only the beauty, but the necessity of a kind of insulation, isolation mode of existence for right now. That's really, really true. You and I have to come to grips with the reality that for not just a week or two, 
and maybe even maybe even not for just a month or two. We could be in this mode for three, four, five, six months. Who knows? Uh, we will talk a little bit about the statistics of the coronavirus in California as well as the world. I certainly want to be able to. Um, I want to be able to to share that with you. But uh, for sure, we have been put in shutdown mode. And and how do you how do you handle that? Is that okay with you? Are you able to um, coexist, uh, exist with uh, the quietness and, and, and uh, just being able to be in, uh, in, in solitude? Are you able to do that? Um, just be with you and the Lord, quite frankly, <laughs> uh, or maybe your spouse or maybe your family. For me, it's been a lot of pros and cons around this. Certainly, it has impacted us in terms of the larger benefit of fellowship and worship and the congregational gathering that we've talked about uh, for the last couple of times, um, the blessing of being uh, able to meet and see each other and, and hug and talk uh, and, and engage each other. That, that has been um, uh, something that has been taken away from us. But still, you know what hasn't been taken away from us? Communication, the whole concept of broadcasting, which is what is magnificent about radio because we can still communicate. And again, the number here is 1-888-367-5329, and we can, we, can, we can talk about the things that matter uh, today. Um, quite frankly, we got to try to keep it moving. We've got to try to uh, we got to try to maintain as much normalcy as possible in our lives. We also got to know that God is in control, and because God is in control, it really ultimately is going to be out be all right. So I'm going to do is read a little bit of scripture to you, kind of just set the tone. The number again is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine to catch yours truly on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'm reading out of Psalm eighty three. I'm gonna read a portion of it, verses one through verse four. And listen to what the psalmist says as he speaks to God. He says, Keep not silence, O God. Hold not your peace, and be not still. O God, for lo, your enemies make a tumult, and they that hate you have lifted up the head. They've taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted against your hidden ones. They have said, come, let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. Certainly, this is a psalm of either David or the Levitical order, uh, the priesthood, uh, many uh, having written uh, portions of the Psalms, such as uh, what we have here in our superscription, a Psalm of Asaph, is now calling on God to ask for help in the midst of their troubles. And will you notice what they're saying? Be not silent, O God. And, and certainly in these kind of difficult times, we want to hear from God. We want to hear from him in terms of his word. We want to hear from him in terms of his presence and his power in our lives. We want to hear from him in terms of that instrumental means of grace by which he communicates to us. We want to hear from him through his people. So you make sure, you know, if I can just share this with you, make sure that you think about people who might be most impacted and affected by this 
type of um, unusual and unprecedented uh, period in time in America. Think about the people that are shut in, the people that are uh, confined uh, by virtue of sickness or illness, or the people that are uh, in, in the kind of economic and, and, and social straits that we don't often think about. Think about them and pray for them. And if you have loved ones that um, are isolated for whatever the case may be, keep them in your prayers as well um, and, and call them or text them and ask, are they all right? I know in our community at Grace, we have uh, had people that have uh, become ill. And then we've also lost some people uh, to our to our utter chagrin and our, our sorrow. Um, and so we would want to encourage you as well to make sure that um, as we anticipate the, the virus having an impact on all of our lives, that we would uh, we would be able to, to handle what what takes place. Um, I do want to say, though, if you are tracking with me personally, yours truly, Jesse Gistan, if you are tracking with us in terms of um, our uh, ministry at Grace Bible Church, we are live streaming for sure. We are um, we're coming uh, to the world at large via live stream via um, uh, YouTube uh, at grace-bible.com. You can find our live stream there, Grace. That's Bible.com. You can catch us on Tuesday nights as we deal with our Tuesday night 630 Bible study. And at 730, we actually spend a half an hour taking prayer requests. And so if you're part of that, I want to give you an encouragement to take a jump, uh, a kind of a head start, get a, a jump ahead. If you have any real prayer requests that you would like to share or have the people of God abroad be a part of with us at Grace, here's my email address that you can uh, render a, a prayer request for yourself or others. It's all lowercase GBC Hayward, Grace Bible Church Hayward, lowercase GBC Hayward at gmail.com, all lowercase GBC Hayward at gmail.com. Now we're going to be on teaching uh, Tuesday night, 6.30 to 7.30 from 7.30 to 8 prayer. Then Wednesday night, we're teaching again, 6.30 to 7.30. And then Friday, 6.30 to 7.30, all live stream. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. And then our Sunday morning service is at 10 o'clock a.m. right there. If you go to our website, grace-bible.com, you see all this information up there and you can keep up with us. Right now, I've been compelled to actually dig deep into and teach from the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ and to teach it in such a way as to be prophetic, but also to be pastoral, to actually help us hear the voice of the shepherd, particularly in these times. We've had a really good turnout so far over the last week. And if you haven't heard those messages or watched them, you can do that. We will be in the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ, laying a foundation for understanding the rule of Christ over the world through the church for the glory of God and for the edification of the people of God. The rule of Christ over the world to the glory of God the Father and the edification of the people of God all over the world. Our studies in the book of Revelation are radically redemptive oriented. They are not uh, speculating around eschatology. They are not uh, hell-bent, if you will, to engage in how close we are to the Lord's return. None of that is really fundamental to the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. 
The book of the revelation of Jesus Christ is not some kind of Adventist eschatological, if you were, appendage to the Bible. The book of the revelation of Jesus Christ, that last book of the Bible, is merely the full development of the revelation of God from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22 and 21, a coherent, incremental, progressive, developing revelation of absolute clarity, harmony, and consistency around the main subject of the Bible, and that is the one true and living God and his son, Jesus Christ, via the redemption of mankind from the fall until the return of Christ, and when you understand the Bible in what we call the unity of faith, the analogy of faith, and therefore the analogy of scripture, then you understand that there is but one message running through the Bible, a gloriously increasing, unfolding revelation of the glory of God in Christ and the redemption of his people. Once you have that understanding, you can enjoy the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ without slipping into the valleys of the nooks and crannies of, again, eschatological speculations and theories that are framed within your larger, uh, again, uh, eschatological paradigms. You have the uh, historic view, you have the preterite view, you have the futurist view, that is the premillennial dispensational view. You have the uh, uh, optimistic view or idealist view by the post-millennials, and then you have uh, as well, what I would call a more historic and Christocentric view, which is a partial preterite, all millennial view. That's the position that I hold, that the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ was relevant in John's day. It's relevant in our day, and it will be relevant until Jesus Christ comes so that it is both present, past, and future. And that's the way that God describes himself in the book of Revelation chapter one, verse 11, the God that is, that was, and is to come. And when you interpret the book of Revelation that way, all the people of God at all times can be edified. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't had a healthy, robust, uh, fresh uh, uh, visitation, if you will, of the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, join us. This is a great series. Christ is exalted. I guarantee you will learn something. All right. So uh, we got to take a break here in a moment. I want to give you the number again. We've got three lines open, 1-888-367-5329, one 367 is the number to reach me. If you want to talk about how you've been impacted by um, this coronavirus uh, shelter for cover event, if you want to talk about how it has drawn you near to God or how it is tempting you away from God, you, you can do that as well. If you want to ask advice or counsel from yours truly as to how to cope with it, because uh, quite frankly, in a few minutes, you're going to see people having a difficult time uh, with this shutdown. You're going to see the government and they already are encroaching upon our, our rights because people are hoarding and people are, are modifying products to sell them, to gouge and to impact the economy. A lot of things like that are, are happening. We're also, when I come back, we're also going to go through the statistics in terms of what's happening in uh, California and what's happening as well around the world with the coronavirus. But I'm looking forward to hearing from you. You're listening to Jesse Gistant on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Again, the number is one 367 5329 We will be right back. 
And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. The time is 526 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. You can join us if you want to at 1-888-367-5329. 1-888-367-5329. We're trying to make sense of the coronavirus. Also, we're trying to encourage one another. So if you want to call and share with me a story um, that has occurred since this event has happened, somehow how you have either been an encouragement to someone or someone has been an encouragement to you are just how you guys are trying to handle this and work it through. And if you want some advice, I'd be glad to share that as well. The number is one 367 We've got three lines open. Love to hear from you. Before we go to the phone lines, I just kind of want to let y'all know if you're not keeping up with the stats, both in uh, the world as well as uh, in California. So in uh, the worldwide stats concerning the coronavirus, we have uh, 378,392 confirmed cases. 378,392 confirmed cases. Um, And and I guess they have almost uh, 100,000, 101,584 cases where people have recovered. That's something that people are worrying about as well in terms of will there be a recidivism rate of people not only recovering, but getting sick again. All that's still up in the air. Uh, The death toll thus far, this is just a couple of days ago, around the world, the coronavirus has killed 16,490 people. That will go up, as you know. So in China, 81,000 confirmed cases, almost 82. Um, uh, 72,703 recovered. That means most of their people are recovering. They did have 3,270 that did die. So you just want to kind of keep that in mind. In Italy, it's worse. They had 6,000 and 77 people that died out of 63,927, almost 64,000, who actually were confirmed as having the um, coronavirus. And they did have a recovery rate of 7,000. That's pretty sad. What that means is if there was 64,000 in Italy that actually contracted the coronavirus, and thus far only 7,400, 7,500, literally 70. 7,432 have recovered and 6,000 has died. That really is tragic. Way more people have died. 10% out of the confirmed cases have died and less than 10% have recovered. That means the folks in Italy need your prayers and it is an extremely precarious situation. Now in the United States, we've had almost 64,000 people who have been confirmed as having the coronavirus, we know that's going to go up into the millions because we're just doing the testing. You know that. We have uh, only, uh, let's see here, only 178 cases recovered. That's pretty bad. And then we also have 546 people who have died that we know uh, in the United States. And the statistics on a worldwide level, you guys, it's really interesting because it goes down from here. California's number four, uh, one, two, three, number three, Spain, number four, then Germany, number five, Iran is number six, and Iran has quite a few people impacted by it. They've had 18,000 people die from it. They've had 23,000 cases versus the United States, 
with 43,000 cases, but they've had three times as many people died from the coronavirus. In France, they've had 20,000, just about 20,000 confirmed cases, and they've had 860 that have died from it. Now, I got a feeling that we in America uh, probably are going to have escalating numbers because we're a little late to the game of being able to determine what really is going on with us. This is why the government is shutting down shelter to cover even more intensely across the nation. Other states are joining in. And then we have Iran that was highly impacted, 1,812 people that died out of 23,000. And then France had 860 out of 20,000. And then South Korea had 111 out of uh, uh, 9,000. And then the United Kingdom also is pretty bad with um, with 7,000 and 335 who have died, 7,000 cases. That means they got to do their work because they're way behind the gun as well when it comes to um, getting their statistics. So it's pretty dire, you guys. When we look at all of the different uh, nation states, there are virtually all of them with the exception of Africa. Africa is kind of on a lower end scale and that probably is not due to them not contracting the disease. It's probably due, quite frankly, to a lack of uh, resources by which they can monitor it. And I'm sure somebody smarter than me can call in and let us know um, that, you know, that that is the case. Again, you're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. Three lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Now, concerning California, let me just kind of give you the the dabs on California. California has reported fourteen hundred and sixty eight confirmed cases of the COVID nineteen uh, coronavirus, and twenty seven deaths have occurred as of March as of Saturday, March 21st. So we're not doing too bad. Only 27 deaths. Um, but we do know some people who have contracted it. So those numbers probably will go up as well. Um, it goes on to say, um, according to the California Department of Public Health, uh, however, the San Francisco Chronicle is reporting that as of Sunday, March 23rd, there are 1,842 cases and 35 deaths, 35 deaths in the Golden State. So far, labs in the state have tested about 26,200 people for the COVID-19, and of these, 12,700 have tested results are pending. So you got 12,700 yet pending. You know what that means. We got a lot more testing to do before our numbers can even become clearly uh, accurate on a public uh, and explicit level. I only say that to let you know we are nowhere near uh, the, the middle of this uh, a pandemic or toward the end of it. And so we've got to find the best way we possibly can to handle what's going on. And that's why I want to encourage you to, to really think through a methodology of embracing this difficult time whereby we maintain a clear focus on who we are in Christ. Understand that it's important that your body and my body uh, remains healthy and therefore not only eating well and hygienically making sure that our hands are clean and all of the different recommended uh, methods of uh, minimizing contraction as has been plainly stated almost ad infinitum but necessary ad nauseum rather uh, but necessary but here's another thing I definitely want to encourage you to do the Bible is very clear in Isaiah 26 3 perfect peace our peace multiplying peace multiplying peace upon all those who keep their minds stayed on you. 
I'll tell you one of the greatest things that you and I can begin to do is to take this kind of quiet time and uh, use it as a source of uh, discipline of, of our minds. Uh, make sure that the music that you listen to is really good, peaceful, soul edifying music. Just kind of avoid the raucous, the caucus, and the high energy intensive music if you can. Uh, I understand the benefit of praise music. Don't get me wrong. I could get at it. But I do want to uh, encourage you that at this time, work on the health of your soul. And working on the health of your soul means you have to think right, eat right, do right, and feel right. Can I get a witness? The number is one 367 You want to eat right. You want to think right. You want to act right. And you want to feel right. And so in order to do that, you're going to have to change and modify some areas in your life because a, 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 a pandemic like this forces all of us to reevaluate how we conduct ourselves, what we do on an everyday basis. Because when we're operating out of the normalcy pattern, you know that, uh, the momentum of life with all of its hustle and bustle can, can kind of uh, push us into a method of existence whereby we are not as careful to take care of ourselves as we ought to. And I think you know that that's the case. We can find ourselves inclined to eating junk food. High, high sugar energy foods that are designed to give us energy rather than health. And, and as a consequence, those kinds of choices having their negative impacts over the long period of time create toxicity in our body. They will impact us emotionally. You know, quick highs and quick lows uh, rushes up and, and, and major descents down impact your mental and emotional stability. In other words, it creates an instability. What that means is you and I are not operating according to the principle of Psalm 23. The psalmist in Psalm 23 laid out the path of the righteous. What David said in Psalm 23, and I want to pull that up to remind you before we go to the phone lines. This is very important. How shall you and I conduct ourselves in this time of uh forced, if you will, Sabbath. We're kind of in a forced Sabbath. Uh, and the old school folks will tell you what they're kind of seeing in, on the highways and the byways in the streets, at the markets, with the minimal uh, uh, population sort of uh, meandering about, where you're, you've got room to go here and there. A lot of our stores are basically uh, limiting how many people can come into the facility. I know Trader Joe's is doing it. Um, and uh, Whole Foods is doing it as well. You have to wait to get in there. When you get in there, there is ample room for you to go about, do what you have to do without feeling rushed. And guess what else? We can talk to our neighbor from a distance with a kind of calm and peace that doesn't have the same kind of agitation and weight on our shoulders when we are in the hustle and bustle. Does that make sense? And so when we get to the counter and we talk to our checkout uh, counter person, they are smiling, engaging us. And I remember talking to our one of our checkers in uh, in Castro Valley at Trader Joe's. Many of you guys know where I'm talking about. They were saying how they really enjoy not dealing with lines of 20 and 30 people and the kind of rush to get them in and out. You know how they generally have to do get the food, uh, you know, tag, get it, get it uh, numbered, get it counted, get it registered, get it in the basket, get you out, get the next 
person in. And in so doing, they don't get to talk as much. Well, now we're having a great conversation and we're enjoying a dialogue and then we're being very much more respectful towards each other and thoughtful. We're increasing our capacity to appreciate our fellow man. This is at least one good thing coming out of the uh, mandate to uh, shelter and cover uh, because it's allowing us to actually see people for who they are. I don't know if that's your experience. That's mine. Let me know what you think. one 367 5329 one Now listen to what God says is the experience of obedient sheep when they follow the shepherd. David said in Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is the one who actually shepherds me. I shall not need or want anything. The one that is shepherding me and making sure that I don't need anything is the one that is causing me to lie down in green pastures. Can you see the vivid picture? It's the picture of the sheep being able to quietly and safely lie down in green pastures, not just feed in green pastures, lie down in them. It's the idea of having an abundance, but also having that abundance in a safe, secure, settled state. What does that do for the sheep? It gives a peace of mind, peace of soul, uh, a tranquility of being, a confidence. And notice what it goes on to say. He restores my soul. It's the goal of the shepherd when the sheep get uh, weary and famished and worn and, and, and tethered and, and actually get foolish and sinful, as you know. The shepherd has to come get us and bring us back to the fold. And when we're back in the fold, now we understand and value, at least for a moment, the benefit of being near him and near his provisions, which are designed to edify and build us up and give us rest. Notice what he says. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Will you mark with me, child of God, that when God actually leads you, when he leads you, you don't have to actually worry about being led into the wild rapids of the topsy-turvy waves of all kinds of activity and events that's going to startle you, discombobulate you, throw you off your balance, turn you upside down, overwhelm you with the, with the rushing waters of the rapids because he doesn't take you that way. The Lord Jesus takes you down a path of peace. This is how you know you're led by the Spirit of God. Because the spirit of God leads us according to kingdom principles, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You are not being led by the spirit of God if you are constantly being tossed to and fro by the rapids, by the waves, by the, by the uh, tumultuous rapids and waves of this exciting life, as we would call it. The Lord is not in that. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's what David says. That's what the psalmist said is the pattern. Now we can get in trouble and, and sometimes we'll go into dark valleys and a lot of times we'll go there because of our own doing. But God is the one who is telling us that the path of the righteous is a path of peace. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, enjoying the Holy Ghost. And at this time that you and I are dealing with a kind of forced governmental shutdown, and certainly there is nothing that's happening in our world that our God hasn't ordained or purposed. And therefore, this is of God as well. Can we not, as the people of God, learn how to benefit from this kind of sheltered cover and shutdown? For some of us, this is an opportunity to get closer to God. 
to hear from him, to call out to him, um, to cry out to God. A lot of us that are hearing my voice right now on this program, Monday edition of Lifeline, you know that you've been running from God, but you can't really run now, can you? You have to actually uh, listen to him. Or at least you have to be shut in. There are people, do you know this in the, in the uh, entertainment world, in the world of sports, the world of music, and you'll see them online, Facebook and, and chat rooms and all that other stuff. I don't frequent, but hear about it. They are having fits, having to be shut in. There's nothing funny about that. There's nothing funny about it at all. When a person cannot be still and know that he is God, when a person cannot stand still and behold the salvation of the Lord, when a person cannot wait on the Lord, wait again on the Lord and he will encourage your heart. When a person can't do that, that person has been running from God, hiding behind the trees and hiding behind fig leaves. That person is not at peace. And that might be you. If you want to talk about it, we can. one 367 367 I've got two lines open, 1-888-367-5329. I'm going to take a break here in a moment, and then I'm going to come back and take your phone calls. But as we have these two hours to chat and talk, and I can tell you very much so, uh, people are really just sitting around the house. Um, let's, let's be edifying to one another. Let's be encouraging. Let's talk about how to negotiate our way through these dark paths as the children of Israel had to make their way through the dark paths of the Exodus event, where there was darkness all around the city of Goshen, but there was light among the people of God. Is there light in your vicinity? Is the light of God's presence, the light of God's power, the light of God's precepts, the light of God's gospel present with you, sustaining you, upholding you, comforting you? In fact, you know, you could actually be one of those people that's much more proactive engaged in altruistic and uh, benevolent work. I was out looking for a microphone for this program because we had to make some adjustments. And uh, I saw homeless shelters all over the place. And I'm strategizing right now how I can get out there and uh, uh, from a uh, careful place, uh, feed them um, or give them some water or something because they, they have to deal with this just like you and I do. And you can imagine if they are contracting the coronavirus, how that that is impacting those communities under the underpasses on the side of the freeways and in areas of our city where we don't frequent and traffic much. They can use your prayers, maybe some food, some water, some clothing. Think about it. Let's see if we can try it during this time. Two lines open, one 888 How are you handling this? Are you drawing closer or further? Uh, what advice uh, might you give to people or what do you want to hear from yours truly in terms of encouraging you along these lines? one 367 You're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. Gotta pay some bills. When I come back, we will continue on this segment of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. The time is 5.50 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. One of the things I want to ask you to call in and, sh- and share with me is how you abode Sunday. How did you abide Sunday? I want to know if you were able to still worship, uh, still fellowship with the saints, because what we did was a live stream for the first time, like a full-fledged live stream on Sunday. 
And uh, because we can actually read the measures, one of the things I was excited about and thankful, um, very much like radio, we know that we have thousands of listeners that listen to the program on Monday uh, and all throughout the course of the week because we're one of the um, broadest um, uh, casting radio stations in Northern California, probably the largest, if you will, KFAX. And uh, so the scope of our impact is broad. Doesn't mean everybody in California listens, they ought to, but we know that we have thousands of people that do listen. Um, <clears throat> the same thing with live stream. Uh, we were able to uh, record or have uh, within our live stream system uh, an awareness of um, how many people watched. And we had almost 2,000 people watching our Sunday worship yesterday, including many from our own church. And, and I was excited about that, very thankful. And that's why we're also encouraging you to join us as well um, on Tuesday night, 6.30, Wednesday night, 6.30, Friday night, 6.30, and then 10 o'clock on Sunday. If you don't have a church that is set up to do live streaming, and I, I shared this with all the pastors last week, I certainly told them, if you can preach to your congregation live stream, don't preach less, preach more. <clears throat> Excuse me, preach more. Let your church know that you are still occupying your calling as a shepherd to minister to the people of God. Preach more, not less. I'm preaching four times a week at Grace, and I'm ministering to our flock and many people who are actually watching the program. Why? Because while we have a decree that we should scatter, we also have a higher decree from God that we should gather. While we have a decree from our government that we should scatter as local churches, we have a higher decree from God that we should gather. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And especially as much as you see the day drawing nigh, don't be like people who are who are scattering. And so I'm thankful that we had that. We hope it increases because this might be the new normal for a long period of time. I've got one line open. We're getting ready to go to the lines. We're going to do it for the next hour. one 367 One line open. Love to hear from you as to how you observed the worship of God on Sunday. What mechanism allowed you to maintain faithful attendance, faithful participation, faithful praise, proclamation, and faithful giving. Quite frankly, I'll talk about that as well. Let me go to line one and talk with Mark um, from San Jose. Mark, uh, are you there on line number one? Yeah, I'd like to uh, talk about the Kung Flu virus, but before that, I was going to ask you if you uh, read that book by James Farkison and Daniel. Not, but I'm, I'm, I'm headed there for this very reason. We will be dealing with Daniel chapter 9 in the book of Revelation as we deal with Daniel uh, Revelation 12 and 13 explicitly and fully. And I'm interested in that material as I talk to you about it. So that will be something that everybody will hear from in the next couple, two or three weeks. Yeah, well, it will greatly buttress the argument that you'll get from Revelation because James Farkason actually wrote that book when he, he contemplated the fact that when Christ said there'd be great tribulation such as never was, that was a quote from uh, Daniel 12. We know he that. opened up his eyes. Pardon me? I'm saying you and I know that. We definitely know this. We know that we're dealing with Christ making reference to a historic context, the Maccabean period, but he was also making a, a prophetic quote, as you know, in Matthew and Luke and in Mark about when you see the abomination that make it desolate, 
uh, standing in the holy place, you know, flee to the mountains. So it had a historic meaning, but it also had an immediate historic uh, uh, futurist uh, interpretation concerning AD 70, as you know, but it also has an application for the church age in which you and I live. What I'm looking forward to, Mark, when I deal with it, is actually to deal with the Daniel 9, 24 through 27, exegetically explaining the centrality of Jesus Christ as the one who sets up the one uh, one week covenant, breaks it in the middle, and then leaves us to understand how to apply the time, times, and the half of times, as Daniel makes mention of in, De in Revelation, in Daniel chapter 12. I'm dealing with that framework right now in Revelation 11 and in Revelation 12 to demonstrate how we must understand the last half of the last week of Daniel chapter 9. So I'm looking forward to the contribution of the person with whom you have directed me on that topic. Good. It'll be a blessing. It'll be a blessing. I've how are you handling the coronavirus now. in terms of movement, work, and worship. Well, I believe the whole thing's a lie. I'm actually uh, working my guard job right now, and I told the person I don't need the mask. Um, I think that, uh, as Trump mentioned a few days ago when we were up to 50, now it's more than 50 dead in the United States, that there were 36,000 that died last year of the regular flu. And evidently, there's every year, there's about that amount, you know, that died. So I think China's lying to us, brother. I think that, uh, you know, we know they've murdered 400 million of their own little girls and boys through their forced abortion, you know, uh, uh, over the years. We know Kellyanne Conway uh, brought up the fentanyl thing where China sent in enough fentanyl to kill us all over five times. And this is just another, you know, Russiagate hoax, too, you might say, because it couldn't stick on the connection with uh, Russia was Hillary, not Trump. And so now they're trying the economic warfare, which is uh, sad to say working. You know, it's if that's true, working. then why is Trump in on it? Pardon me? If, it's, if what you were saying is true, why is Trump in on this wholesale worldwide so-called hoax that you are asserting is taking place all over the planet. I, I, I'm just going to entertain you for a moment before before I let you go, because there are other people who take your position, and there are other people who yeah. take a kind of partial position, meaning they do believe that there is some higher conspiratorial element going on. That might very well be true, but Mark, I absolutely know and believe that we are dealing with a, a, pande a pandemic virus. Uh, as to its origin and as to its ultimate impact, I'm not sure that we can actually be very definitive as to it being uh, so insignificant as to fundamentally be a lie. I do agree with you on the stats about the influenza and how many people died from it uh, over the past years up to the present. I'm looking at all of the deadly viruses right now before me, 12 major deadly viruses. I'm going to talk about them in the second hour as well. And at present, the coronavirus does not fall within to the, in that category. But it doesn't mean that we won't discover its very nemesis and real and impactful effect in about two months. Uh, you know, I would encourage you to be careful about just being dogmatic about it being a whole, uh, a total hoax. Well, why would we believe China? They're liars. They don't believe. In I don't China. believe China. China. I, I, I really you know? don't believe China. But listen, I, I didn't talk about China. I was talking about Trump. I said, why would our president, and we should have some of the best intelligence in the world, between America and uh, Israel, and that's, you know, that's a whole nother theological 
and, uh, and, and politically strategic conversation to have. Between America and Israel, there ought to be uh, probably the premier uh, form of intelligence on the planet. We should know everything that's going on all over the world and never be hoodwinked by any country's uh, analysis or documentation or assertion about particular stats, whatever, especially China. So I'm not sure how you can avoid hearing your own president and your own government tell you that these things are occurring and, and still call it a hoax. Well, it's not a total hoax. I'm not saying, you know... All right, well, you just modify. That's, that's, that's point one. Okay, help me now, because i got to let you go. I just... I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm, you know, Mark, I, you know, I've been giving you a lot of, a lot of room over the years, over everything from 1994 to, you know, to 9-11 to now. I've been giving you a lot of room. I'm trying, I'm trying to let you, I'm trying to let you breathe and, 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 and restore some, some oxygen of divine sanity here. But I, when you go wholesale on me like this, you know, I don't, I don't operate out of those kinds of speculative, unfounded premises. So I'm going to ask you again. What what is your why would you believe that the the whole of the media, the whole of our government, all of our senators and congressmen are in on a hoax and in all of our uh, countries that are in alliance with with America? I mean, South Korea is on our on our on our side. I mean, um, uh, again, Israel is on our side and many countries to boot is on our side. If they would be able to have intelligence to know whether or not China is just absolutely BSing us completely, wouldn't they? Well, I know uh, that uh, 36,000 died last year of the regular flu, Jesse. Thank you. Right, but that, I agree with you on that, but that the regular flu killed more people than the uh, coronavirus to date doesn't mean that that's going to be the same statistic three months from now. Well, the Kung flu virus has only killed 200 in, in the U.S. so far. So I'm saying that, uh, you know, we shouldn't be, what we should be concerned about is are we saved and turning it around, because it is a very real fear, and Christ did say there'd be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. No doubt about earth. it. We talked right. about that. Right. I agree with you. This right. is, Yeah, at the end of this conversation, right. the question is, the question must be, are we saved? But, but, but uh, listen, thanks for the call. Keep your ear open once we start busting into Daniel chapter 7 through 12 and Revelation 12 and 13. Everybody will be in on that conversation. Thank you for the call. Dan, you hold on. Gloria, you hold on. I've got two lines open. one 367 one Love to hear from you, to hear how you have handled the worship of God on Sunday, whether or not you are being faithful to Hebrews 10.25, or have you collapsed into a kind of passivity that has distracted you from keeping your focus on the one who has called you to worship and honor him, since this is the day that the Lord has made. Two lines open, one 367 5329 I'll be right back. <laughs> 